welcome back to another episode of resource cast a weekly podcast searching answers to hard questions on how to produce trade and consume natural resources i am hari tulsidas your host for the show if you have a comment or a question please leave me a message through email or leave a public comment on reddit the links are available on the show notes sometime around late 19th century to early 20th century that is around 1884 to 1916 in the deep forest of southern cameroon a virus jumps from a wild animal onto humans this probably happened when a hunter with an open wound caught the virus from a chimpanzee it initially infected a few hunter gatherers and then it travels down the sanka river system to the colonial outpost kinshasa which is now the capital of democratic republic of congo or drc by 1920 kinshasa a booming mining center has its first infection of this virus and it starts to spread more rapidly belgian colonists keen to exploit minerals in the katanga region of southeastern drc had built a railway attracting hordes of workers most of the mineral wealth in congo lay in katanga which is about 1000 kilometers to the southeast of kinshasa the mineral resources included copper cobalt manganese and uranium the katanga region was underpopulated so belgium had to import tens of thousands of men from kasai region where kinshasa was located to work in the mines by 1922 it is estimated that over 300000 passengers were using the railway annually the virus also took a journey through this railway into the major cities in katanga the final phase of the expansion of this virus infection happened after drc earned its independence in 1960 which coincided with a drastic change in culture that is likely to have helped the virus to spread before 1960 sex workers in kinshasa's would typically have three or four regular partners that they saw weekly after 1960 that number raised by a factor of 4 a new global pandemic that we know today has the human immunodeficiency virus infection or hiv aids was born from there it goes on to infect 75 million people worldwide and takes down over 30 million lives in its wake various strains of hiv are known to have jumped from the primates to the humans at least 13 times but only one of these events led to the widespread pandemic seemed to be it was a case of right place right time the perfect storm several such virus infections have bedeviled the human history influenza pandemic is an ed- epidemic of influenza virus that spreads out on a worldwide 
scale and infects a large portion of the world population. In contrast to the regular seasonal epidemics of influenza, these pandemics occur irregularly. There have been about three influenza pandemics in each century for the last 300 years, which is about nine in total in the last three centuries. The most recent one being the 2009 flu pandemic. The 1918 Spanish flu pandemic is the worst in recorded history. This pandemic was estimated to be responsible for the deaths of approximately 50 to 100 million people. The 2009 flu pandemic or swine flu was an influenza pandemic that lasted from early 2009 to late 2010 and the second of the two pandemic involving H1N1 influenza virus. The first of them being the 1918-1920 Spanish flu pandemic. It was estimated that 11 to 21 percent of the then global population or around 700 million to 1.4 billion people contracted the illness. Like the HIV AIDS pandemic, all flu pandemics arise when we have conditions that give rise to the perfect storm. And these conditions include an animal or bird to human infection, large-scale human-to-human transmission caused by elevated economic activity such as mining, industry, or other social situations. We are seeing a greater frequency of such pandemics occurring in the recent years. For example, the Ebola virus from 1976 and reappearing many times recently. The SARS epidemic of 2002 was another such recent epidemic. The H1N1 swine flu of 2009 mentioned pre- previously is another epidemic. The MERS epidemic of 2012 is another example. So what are the reasons for these epidemics to become more common today? Increasing urbanization is one of the reasons or causes. Increasingly globally connected economic activity is another cause. Increasing international travel. And finally, it is also good to consider the warm climate that creates a better environment for viruses to thrive. In this situation, the global warming could be a major cause for this epidemics to come and visit us so frequently. The most recent incidence of this epidemic is on a wild run now. The 2019-2020 Wuhan coronavirus outbreak is caused by novel coronavirus or 2019 NCOV. is an ongoing virus epidemic primarily affecting the mainland China along with isolated cases in 28 other countries and territories. As of today, 8th February 2020, 34,964 cases have been confirmed, of which 6,106 cases are very serious. These cases include people from every province in China. A larger number of people may have been infected but not detected, especially the mild cases. As of today, 725 deaths have been attributed to this virus since the first confirmed on 9th January. This epidemic has been designated as a global health emergency by the World Health Organization. Now the question is, how such a 
an epidemic or how such pandemics are connected with natural resources we know that almost every industry is impacted by this virus epidemic the oil and gas industry is in a state of panic the mineral industry is referring this as one of the worst black swan events they have seen but on a higher level we can easily understand that these epidemics and pandemics are caused due to a breach of certain boundaries of the natural resources world let me explain this a bit the human population the domestic animals and the wild life form three points of triangle of existence if one point of this triangle encroaches into the realm of another a disaster will come calling wild animals are crucial part of this equation humans and animals are not single organisms each individual human being or an animal contains a multitude a microbiome exists within us so do within any any other animal human and domestic animals have coexisted for at least 12000 years or more so the biomes which are exist within humans and the domestic animals are more or less tolerant to each other wild animals are a huge reservoir of microorganisms that are neither tolerant to the human or domestic set of biomes in most cases the pandemics we have seen in the recent past is just a breach of boundaries between the biomes of humans domestic animals and the wild animals in most cases the pandemics which we have seen in the recent past is a breach of boundaries between the biomes that exist within humans domestic animals or wild animals let us go a bit higher and try to see how natural resources and the life on this planet are coexisting especially minerals and life do have a point of intersection which we seldom recognize as a serious issue linnaeus has written systema natura that was published in 1735 this publication outlined a classification of system of all members of what we consider the three kingdoms of nature plants animals and minerals today we know that plants and animals are just two kingdoms within the life question is are minerals an intimate part of the life planet system forming a third kingdom of its own in the book the vital question why life is the way it is nick lane writes that life dependent from the very beginning on proton gradients or proticity similar to electron gradients or electricity and iron sulfur minerals necessary to break the kinetic barriers to the reaction of hydrogen and and carbon dioxide to produce hydrocarbons the basis of life so subatomic particles like protons and atomic combinations which give rise to minerals are two essential ingredients for the origin of life origin of life is not a subject which we have deep understanding as of today several hypotheses are on the table and we are still a bit far away from understanding how life has originated but 
this life and minerals does seem to have an intimate relation also remember that fossil fuels coal natural gas oil etc are plant and animal matter that has been transformed by pressure and temperature into the form that we see today so we use this plant and animal matter to light up our homes or heat or cool our homes and it also fills the tanks of our cars it is good to understand how minerals fit into the scheme of life how did minerals evolve similar to the evolution of life minerals also do have an evolutionary history we have more than 2000 mineral species on earth today but it was not the case when earth was formed in the book the story of earth the first 4.5 billion years from stardust to living planet robert hazen discusses the phenomena of coevolution of life and minerals throughout the earth history when this planet was formed during the creation of the solar system perhaps 250 to 300 minerals came into being as a consequence of the dynamic planet forming process from that 250 to 300 mineral species then the mineral world went through an evolution and progressively it increased in number to about 2000 mineral species that we see or identify today it was also seen that the evolution of life and the evolution of mineral species intersected in many ways during the planet's history this phenomena was also mentioned by david grinspoon in his book earth in human hands this book says that evidence has increased that minerals are the vital catalysts and physical substrates for the origin of life on earth clay minerals which were produced on earth's biosphere soften earth's crust usually the crust of a lifeless planet is rocky very hard but when you have life on a planet like earth the life makes it possible for minerals to break down into softer form and this clay minerals help in to lubricate the plate tectonic regime of the planet plate tectonics states that the earth's outer shell is made of a number of plates which are floating on more plastic substance and moving around randomly colliding onto each other or getting pushed beneath one another plate tectonics gives rise to the phenomena like earthquakes and volcanoes it is being opined that any planet which needs to have life on it should also have plate tectonics operating on it for example mars is a planet which is is devoid of plate tectonics and today it is also devoid of life but there are evidences that plate tectonics operated in mars in the past so it could be also possible that life you may have existed in mars during its early days when plate tectonics was operating for some reasons the plate tectonics in mars came to an halt and life also vanished from the planet finding a life bearing planet now becomes much more simpler look for plate tectonics in actions look for evidences of earthquakes volcanoes and possibly if you have plate tectonics operating in this way we could also see that there will be a lot of clay materials the surface will be much softer than lifeless planets and possibly there will be a lot of water and that planet also could have a well formed atmosphere in this way we can see that minerals and living forms have got an intimate relation when we talk about epidemics and pandemic like what is happening in wuhan in china we have to think in terms of how it makes sense from a backdrop of natural resource management let us see how the perfect storm brewed in wuhan and how it is related to natural resource management wuhan is an important center for economy trade finance 
transportation, information technology, and education in China. Its major industries include optical electronic, automobile manufacturing, iron and steel manufacturing, pharmaceuticals, biology engineering, new materials industry, and environmental protection. Wuhan also serves as a major transportation hub and political, cultural, and economic hub of central China. Wuhan is the most populous city in central China with a population of over 11 million, and it is the ninth most populous Chinese city. And and one of the nine national central cities of China. Historically, Wuhan was briefly the capital of China in 1927 under the left-wing Kuomintang government led by Wang Jingwei. The city later served as the wartime capital of China in 1937 for 10 months during the Second Chinese-Japanese War. It is importantly a major transportation hub with dozens of railways, roads and expressways passing through the city and connecting to other major cities of China. Because of its key role in domestic transportation, Wuhan is often referred as the Chicago of China. Wuhan has been a traditional manufacturing hub for decades. It is also one of the areas promoting modern industrial changes in China. Wuhan consists of three natural developmental zones, four scientific and technological development parks, and over 350 research institutes, 1,656 high-tech enterprises, numerous enterprise incubators, and investments from 230 Fortune Global 500 firms. Wuhan is home to multiple notable institutes of higher education, including Wuhan University, which was ranked third nationwide in 2017, and Puasong University of Science and Technology. Since 1890, Wuhan had a significant steel industry that has been the backbone of its economy. Early in 2010, the automobile industry exceeded steel industry in significance in Wuhan. Wuhan produced a GDP of $224 billion in 2018. Wuhan has attracted foreign investment from over 80 countries with 5,973 foreign invested enterprises established in the city with a total capital injection of $22.45 billion. We can see that Wuhan is something like the Kinshasa of 1920s in Africa. A booming place with a lot of new economic activities, a lot of infusion of capital for industrialization, a hub for transportation, people coming from all over China working in Wuhan, a lot of people moving through Wuhan. And it is also a political and cultural center. So we can see that it is a place where something like coronavirus can find perfect storm to start an epidemic. The Wuhan coronavirus has its origin in the Hunan seafood market. It is a market that sells live animals and we can also see that the SARS outbreak in 2002 also started from a market that sold wild animals. Such markets are common in China and culturally Chinese have a tradition of consuming wild animals of different kinds as food. And such markets which sell wild animals are incubators for novel pathogens. 2002 SARS outbreak prompted a temporary ban on trade and consumption of wild animals in China. The first known human infection of coronavirus in 2019 was in early December and it likely originated from a single infected animal. Bats civets, crocodiles, porcupines, rats, turtles and venomous snakes are some of the animals sold here.
the economic impacts of coronavirus is likely to be significant this coronavirus infection could be a threat to the china's grand plans for the future every organ of chinese state has been harnessed to enforce an unprecedented quarantine of over 50 million people across 15 cities wuhan the epicenter of the crisis where most industrial activities has been halted accounts for 4% of chinese economy it is a region key to the country's automotive industry and made in china 2025 plan to dominate the technologies of the future even factories that are starting to reopen are dealing with labor shortages as travel continues to be restricted across china thousands of smaller chinese factories may permanently shut down as a result of this outbreak major foreign companies like apple ford toyota and ikea are rethinking their chinese supply chains and presence economists worry the fallout could crimp chinese economy potentially cutting its 2020 growth by tens of billion dollars and dragging global gdp back to 2019 levels which is the worst level of growth since the global financial crisis if who declares it as a pandemic that too will have a depressing effect on the global economy because countries will have to put in certain limitation on commerce trade and that will obviously slow down growth the global manufacturing industry is already in recession in advanced countries like us and the eurozone and the coronavirus outbreak is threatening the services sector it has pushed oil services down to their lowest level in a year stemming largely from reduced travel and economic activity in china it is impacting the liquefied natural gas market which has already weak excess supplies the chinese energy giant cnoc this week said it will temporarily stop honoring some of the import contracts china's near term gas consumption is in question giving coronavirus quarantines and shutdown of factories that consume bulk of country's imported gas. China is world's largest solar equipment manufacturer and several module plants are unlikely to resume until some resolution has been brought to this virus outbreak. Tesla was forced to temporarily close its Chinese factory and delay vehicle deliveries. Now we know that epidemics like this coronavirus infection is becoming more regular and it be it is becoming more a rule than an exception. What can we do to prevent such infection and if such infections arise how we can cope with it in a better manner keeping humans domestic and wild animals within their boundary should be now seen seriously and should be very critical in our planning for natural resource use with increasing urbanization this task is becoming more and more difficult but usually wildlife consumed as a food is a main culprit a ban on wildlife trade and consumption should be quickly enforced globally and natural resource management should be based on keeping safe zones for wildlife so that wildlife and their associated biomes will not encroach into the realms of human biomes and domestic animal biomes this idea should be part of the industrial development and should be essential for planning in economic capitals like wuhan new resource management business models should have built-in mechanisms to enforce this basic structure but whatever we do to prevent this infection from breaking out if this happens what we can do to manage it in a better manner the spread of a given virus is partially linked to how long it remains undetected identifying a new virus is a first step towards mobilizing a response and with time in creating a vaccine and medicines to deal with that infections artificial intelligence will have a major role to play here they can use specially created algorithms to identify new viruses as soon as it breaks into 
to the open. Based on this identification, warning at-risk population as quickly as possible also helps in limiting the spread. The irrefutable lesson from SARS and MERS infections in the past is that coronavirus-like infections can spread very quickly and could be very deadly. Science had the tools in the immediate aftermath of the previous two epidemics to develop drugs to control future outbreaks. But unfortunately, health officials, scientists and governments everywhere were not very proactive in preparing themselves for such epidemics. We have now witnessed three deadly coronavirus outbreaks in humans within 17 years. Natural resource management and its associated population centers like Kinshasa's and Wuhan have a role in its spread. So it is very much a natural resource management problem to understand such infection and take steps to prevent these pandemics from having a free run in future. So these are some of my thoughts on how pandemics like HIV, AIDS to the recent coronavirus infection have a relationship with natural resources and how a new model of natural resource management could help prevent disasters like this to recur frequently in future. Please let me know your thoughts on these issues that are being discussed here. You can email your comments or post it on Reddit. The details are available on show notes. Next week, ResourceCast will be back with with more discussions on topics of interest like this. Thank you very much for listening to ResourceCast. Please don't forget to subscribe ResourceCast in whatever app or platform you listen to this. Goodbye.